0: Hey, welcome back to Talking Mindset with Murph, and this is the third and final part of our conversation with Southwest Airlines Chief Information Security Officer, Michael Simmons. Let's jump right in.
1: As I'm listening to you, as you've grown through your career and in, in, in cybersecurity, I really think anything in technology or if you're doing it right, in, in my mind, in life, if if you are living to your fullest, and you're pushing yourself to try new things, pushing yourself to get better. And I don't care if you're a school worker, you know, School teacher, you know, working a nonprofit, staying at home, raising a family. Are you trying to get a little bit better? How do you handle, you know, you're a CISO of one of the largest, most recognizable brands in the world. How do you handle pressure? How do you handle the multitude of things that in this 40 minute uh, session we've had here, you probably have seven or eight emails or texts that are concerning to you that would change how your day is going. How do you handle that? Um,
2: I think, one, you know, a lot of pragmatism. Um, I think you need to know what you sign up for. And, you know, to beat up cliche words, right, you know, often cybersecurity is viewed as fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And, you know, the stuff of mysticism to people that aren't really skilled in cybersecurity and this perception that everything's, you know, uh, dark hoodies and sunglasses. Um, (laughs) But I, 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 one, to handle the pressure is – internally, whether it's our internal business customers like marketing, uh, accounting, uh, operations, senior executive leadership, we got to break through the noise and myth, right? So a lot of it is changing the messaging of like, look, I'll never be able to stop everything. I'll never never have enough money, people, time uh, to stop every risk under the sun, nor do you want me to stop every risk under the sun because guess what? If I do that, planes aren't getting in the air. Um, however, if you can change the narrative and help them understand that, you know, you've heard the terms of like, it's not a matter of if it's when, um, but if you change the conversation about, look, it's going to happen. Now it's about readiness, uh, mitigating the blast radius, find it quickly, contain it, repair, move on, keep operations going. Just like we deal with, uh, fires, floods, natural disasters, the list goes on and on if you can get their mind around cybersecurity as nothing more than business risk, just like these other uh, risks I described, their mindset shifts. And then you don't live in fear of retribution or how did that happen? Or um, you should have never uh, allowed this to happen, right? Unless it's gross negligence. So one is just getting the messaging, right? It reduces a lot of that concern of like, I got to stop everything. Um, But then when it comes to all the influx of things you get, right, it's trying to, understand the whys behind them well why is this so bad well is it is it on on par with other risks that we're dealing with is it risk to critical business processes or not so you start to compartmentalize everything that gets thrown at you You know what's the real risk you got to be worried about and and what are the smaller risks and the reality there's a lot of surface area of risk in cybersecurity, but there's five core risks that we're concerned about and when there's only five i have to worry about it lets the other stuff not be dismissed, but know that you don't have to jump at every fire alarm that's thrown and know how to put them in the right buckets to take action. But that that's how I would summarize it, Brian, to just get the right message and expectation out there with your customers and your senior leaders. It helps you have an easier playground to deal with. And then, you know, look at things. It, it levels of risk versus everything is bad and gloomy. Um, yep. that's just not the case.
1: Yeah, I think that's, um, it's something you you try to get perspective. I know I have over time, um, that, you know, if you, we talked about before Dmac removing emotion, you know, when things get really difficult and, and you hear some news and it, you know, you, that's that anxiety starts to fire up and you start to worry the faster you can try to separate the emotion from the problem. Um, Mm -hmm. really for me has been helpful in my career to, to be able to take a step back and, understand what that next step is. And and then, you know, to your point, it's almost like dominoes, right? So, you know, what can I, what can I solve on the front end that will knock down these four other problems? Right. And, and, but until we remove the anxiety and this, the fear of the uncertainty that comes behind it, which I think is natural and exists everywhere. So I, I totally agree.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's, it's, uh, and look, our, our job's hard. It's a tough, I mean, it's, I, I can't tell you how many, you know, bright eyed, optimistic cybersecurity professionals I've seen start their careers and they become cynical fast. Right. We're yeah. constantly beat up with like, why is the business doing that? Like, don't they know this is bad? And if you get yourself caught up in that emotional reaction, you'll never get to a healthy place of actually driving change. And that's why we try to zoom out to your point, Brian. Of like, take the emotion. Like, why do you think they're not doing it? Let's go through the, the, the business process we've given them. Um, uh, the the uh. what level of effort they have to take to implement it. Does it really benefit their job or hinder? Because often, you know, if you assume positive intent and, and really try to have this mindset, like I don't, outside of a few, you know, rare, uh, unfortunate uh, insider threat issues, most people show up and they want to do their job well and they want to, you, you know, leverage and adopt security. Um, but if you find that they're not and you just constantly go, well, they're dumb, they're idiots. I can't believe they're accepting this. Why would you ever do that? Don't they care? If you get your mindset caught up in that, you'll never make progress. And you got to zoom out and go, well, why aren't they doing it? And often, nine out of 10 times, I found it's like, well, our process is horrible. (laughs) Like, it's just not easy to do, you know. Um, You think of experiences for people and there's direct experiences like how we show up every day and talk security with our customers internally. That's an experience that shapes their beliefs about us. If you think about the systems, processes, procedures, technologies we implement, that's a second type of experience that we create for people and how they interact with our tools Uh, that shapes their beliefs about us. And then third is storytelling. One person has a bad experience with us and they go, just wait till you go to the cybersecurity team. It's going (laughs) to suck. You know, guess what? That person's already pre-wired with the belief like, I don't know if I want to work with them. So we always try to just zoom out. Let's talk about the experiences we're creating for people, our customers, internally, our employees. If you focus on the experiences and create the right experiences, it will shape the right beliefs.
1: You know, it's interesting. You you touched on one of our previous uh, podcasts. You know, I don't know if it's um, aired yet or not. I think it. I think it just did, DMac. Uh, but the concept of what people think of you, they think of your company. Mm-hmm. And what they think of your company, they think of you. And there's so much to that, um, and and I experience that around our communities, around our offices, around her. There's there's an accountability and a responsibility that comes with that uh, that I think is, is pretty powerful.
2: Uh, absolutely. I mean, how you show up every day is watched, right? You know, whether you're consistent with it, if you're humble enough to ask for feedback and and take action with that feedback. I mean, we. I, you know, it's easy, I'm sure to, to watch, listen to this and go, man, you know, this sounds like it's perfect all the time. It isn't. I mean, we're constantly improving, we're making mistakes. But you know, we just the experience we try to create is a willingness in a demonstration with consistency that if we make a mistake, we're going to ask for feedback, we'll take ownership and accountability of it. And we'll drive for a different outcome going forward, right? It's You know, whether I agree or disagree with your feedback doesn't matter. That's not a belief I want you to have, because I could easily filter everything you're saying. It's like, no, security is fine. Our process is easy. The technology is the best on the market. I don't agree with anything you're saying. That's not the point. We gave our customers some type of experience that gave them belief that says this isn't working. So if I can get caught up and understand, well, that's not the belief I want you to have. Even if I disagree with your feedback, I can mobilize around changing your belief. Yeah. You know that that I can. I don't want you to have that belief. I can rally energy behind that than getting caught up and disagreeing with you and the emotions kicking in.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree.
0: Sorry, dmac, go ahead. No, I was. I just know we're getting up against it. You know, here and um, definitely. I mean, we could go on for for hours and how just uh, insightful this has been. Uh, but one thing I did want to ask before we wrap up is, you, you talk a lot about mindset, and and I believe we all know the importance of responding versus reacting. And I think that's what we're talking about with you know removing emotion. Sometimes when we react in the moment, it mm-hmm. tends to be emotional, um, not always the best um, way, way to handle certain situations. And so with that being said, just cu- curious for you going into every day, a lot of uncertainty, You know, uh, I'm sure there's a, a litany of things that could come up and, and some that you've maybe never seen before. And so how do you prepare mentally for your game day? And then the second part of that is how do you prepare your team, you know, mentally for their game day? Just curious here.
2: Yeah, great question. Um, if I start with myself, I I, I feel like we always have a choice on who we want to be, how we want to show up, and, and we're controlling our own our own actions, our own reactions, our own our how we think, how we feel, right? I, I think you can choose to feel better. Now there's <laughs> chemical components and things that'll weigh down on you, but I, I think we always have a choice to say, how do I want to be accountable today? And what else can I do to move forward? So I I try to start every day that way. I don't always get it right. Um, But I always try to seek to understand uh, when something comes across, that doesn't make sense. But I I think it ultimately gets down to being fluid and flexible. Like you got to take the day as it comes, but you got to precondition yourself to have the right mindset. I mean, there's days that are worse than others, whether it's a, a people matter for their family or the pandemic and the risk of the airline industry and pay cuts and- uh, furloughs, and you know, if you get caught up in the morass of it, uh, it'll 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 beat you down pretty quick. Um, so if you can just focus on what you can control, clear the noise, and, and and move the levers that you can, that's where I try to zero in on. When it comes to setting that kind of mindset uh, for the rest of the team, you know, I I feel like they will emulate how I show up, and I feel like if I can set the right tone and experiences and an engagement model for the rest of the leadership team of cybersecurity. Hopefully they'll see what's important to me. They'll try to emulate that and they'll show up the same way. And then it has a cascade effect to our tech leads. And if our tech leads and senior uh, team members show up and act the same way, then it cascades down. You set this cultural tone and experience belief and actions. And you set this tone of culture, like that's the expected norm. And people start to clearly see when you start to deviate from that norm. Right? So I think it's just trying to be consistent in, in how you show up, the shadow you cast, the type of uh, uh, experiences you create others, I, they learn quickly what's important and what isn't, what's acceptable, what isn't. Um, and then that culture just starts to infuse itself and become the operating norm. Again, we don't always get it right. We recognize when we get it wrong and you try to learn from it.
0: That's, that's fantastic. And setting the tone that, and the importance of consistency is so huge. And I always like to share some random research because when somebody says something, it pops into my head. Murph has got used to this at this point, but it reminds me of the Westminster dog show and this is going to be great. So when it comes to setting the tone and for those that aren't familiar with the Westminster dog show, I don't know much about it other than it's just a bunch of dogs running around on a carpet and then there's judges that come by and then they pick the winner. Essentially. I'm sure there's way more to it. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but the point is, is they, Tested the stress levels, the cortisol right in the saliva of the dogs of the winners and then those that didn't uh, do as well. And they found that the stress that which the owner of the dog that ran the dog Mm -hmm. around, if their stress was higher, it elevated the cortisol levels of the dog because the owner was setting the tone. Right. Coming in stress like, oh, shoot, this is a big deal. Dog responded, didn't perform as well. Uh, at the Westminster Dog Show, and so anyway, it just the uh, when you start talking about setting the tone, I thought this is the Westminster Dog Show all over again. <laughs> so thanks for sharing that.
2: That's a great analogy. It makes sense, right? Absolutely crazy. It's not rocket surgery when you think about it. <laughs> no, no, that, that's
1: true. And it's interesting, you know, DMac. I know we're out of time here, but you know, we could probably do five more of these things with you, Michael. You've been fantastic, and uh, I love uh, you know. I'm sitting here typing notes as uh, as you're talking. I really appreciate you. Um, you know, DMac. I wonder, you know, for me, um, early on as we as we grew ReliQuest, you know, you would have a, a, a an obstacle hit and that could be really a devastating obstacle when you're a startup company and you're growing it and self-funding everything. And, you know, that cortisol level, that stress that anxiety spikes exponentially. What I found, though, is even though we're far away from those times and even though you know we are you know the 800 pound gorilla in cybersecurity now and can take a lot of those obstacles i still find myself sometimes reacting like we're still that you know it's ingrained in you do you know what i mean and that and so much of my professional career over the past you know four or five years has been trying to unlearn that behavior and just know that you know it's okay but it's weird that response and i wonder with your experience and pro athletes and Michael, you as with, you know, growing through your career and seeing people come up, you know, uh, in cybersecurity, if, if that's something that you see is hard for everybody to, to unlearn.
0: I've seen that. Yeah. I mean, it's cause, cause that's part of being human. You know, that's the human experience of not being perfect and giving yourself grace accepting the fact that you're not going to be, I I think the people that get in trouble, the athletes that get in trouble are the ones that beat themselves up for it. And then it just starts to spiral, you know, where they they think they're perfect or they think they should get it right every time. And that's definitely not the case versus accepting the fact that, Hey, I feel this certain way. Uh, And then how you perceive it is going to be different. You know um, the feeling that someone gets that experiences stage fright, being butterflies in their stomach, sweaty palms, shaky knees. That's the same experience that Beyonce gets as she's described before Mm -hmm. she takes the stage. They both experience the same physiological things. The difference is how they perceive them. The person with stage fright perceives them as like, I'm not ready for this. This is the way I feel. This is terrible. Beyonce experiences it and goes, I love this feeling. Can't wait. This means I'm ready. And this matters to me. And so it goes back to messaging, changing someone's perspective, helping them interpret those feelings in a different way. One, and then two would be acceptance, grace, you're a human, you're not perfect, it's okay.
2: Yeah, and I'd agree too, Brian, with everything shared. You know, I I think it's about recognize when you're there and then make that choice with what you do with it. Um, You know, self-awareness is key. Uh, Again, we're not trying to create robots. We want people to be human and everybody's going to react to things uh, in different ways some uh, visceral some not but it's just self-awareness you now when you're in the grip of that you know stress that concern what do you do next to choose how to handle it that's what matters that that's what yeah. we ultimately want people to recognize like i don't want you to be a robot i want you to be human but when you get to a place that's not healthy for you recognize it and make a decision quickly on what you're going to do with it
1: i love it well Well, thank you so much, Michael and Dmac, and this has been fantastic. I know we're over time, and I'm sure everybody's got something else to jump to, but uh, really appreciate everything, and Dmac, thanks for leading this and getting it all set up.
2: Yeah, thank you all for the invitation. It's been uh, a privilege, and I just want to say we appreciate our partnership with ReliQuest. We view you all as part of the Southwest family and just encourage everybody to keep fighting the good fight. It's worth it.
1: Hey, thanks very much. I appreciate that. And we'll we'll have you back for another episode here soon. So thanks very much. All right. Sounds good. Enjoy your day. All right. Thanks, take Michael. care. Thanks a lot.